0: You're listening to Hear Arizona. Addressing issues, empowering our community.
1: Meet Dustin. He's an educator.
2: Started off as a softball coach. I had sisters, and so they were younger, and... That's where I found my passion of working with kids and, and watching them smile and do great things. And from that, became an elementary teacher, got into middle school, then became a high school
1: principal. Like nearly three quarters of Arizona teachers, Dustin, a Tucson native, is white. One of his first roles as principal was at a predominantly Native American high school. College didn't prepare him for that.
2: I'm a white man, I wanted to become a principal at a Native American high school. So I was learning two things, how to be an administrator, and then I had to learn about the Native American culture. And I told the kids this from day one, and I tell everyone this, I went to the University of Arizona to take my humanities class on Native American culture. When I ended up teaching and working as a principal, realized I knew to learn nothing about the Native American culture.
1: On this episode of The Education Cliff, we discuss Arizona's issues with educator diversity and look at some of the solutions. But first, a brief word from our sponsor.
0: This episode of The Education Cliff is in part supported by Intel, innovating and investing in Arizona communities since 1979, and a supporter of here Arizona education podcast series, telling stories that change lives and strengthen communities. Resource info can be found at herearizona.org.
1: Right away, Dustin knew there was going to be a culture gap between himself and his student body, who were primarily members of the Tohono O'odham Nation.
2: And so I can remember even when the, the very beginning of the year started, um, we were having some discipline issues with some students and I was the discipline administrator at that time and when i was trying to talk to the students they weren't looking me in the eye and in my culture that i've grown up here obviously native of tucson arizona united states uh, there's a culture of looking people in the eye
1: his one native american culture class in college didn't prepare him for this
2: and i had to go ask an elder and say you know it's it's odd is it disrespectful that they don't look at me in the eye when i'm talking And the elder said, Dustin, and the Native American population, it's actually disrespectful for them to look at you in the eye, especially during a time of uh, maybe there's a challenge or there's some behavioral issues.
1: Those students had a principal who was at least willing to acknowledge his lack of knowledge. Across the state and even across the country, though, students of color are more likely to see worse outcomes when their teachers don't look like them. Evidence is piling up that outcomes for all students, even white students, improve when they're exposed to teachers from different backgrounds. Outcomes for students of color dramatically improve when they have at least one teacher of color during their K-12 careers. Dustin is now even higher on the education ladder, overseeing an entire Arizona county.
2: My name is Dustin Williams. I'm the elected Pima County School Superintendent.
1: He was first elected to the position in 2016, Educator diversity is an issue that he says he takes seriously, given his background and the diverse student population in Pima County.
2: Teaching is at the end of the day, it's a relationship. Students thrive on who is in front of them all day long, trying to teach them a subject and trying to teach them about everyday life. So when we have individuals that are like them, look like them, know their cultures, are their culture. It really goes a long way.
1: Race and ethnicity are not the only areas of diversity to talk about either.
2: And so when we have disparities as far as even gender, as far as male, versus, male and female or uh, black, L- Latino, the way a student can relate to a teacher is all based on the relevancy for that student and that teacher. And the more relevant they are, the more successful they're going to be.
1: I need to be clear. This is not to say that white teachers are bad, but let's take a look at Dustin's example. Say he didn't seek the advice of a tribal elder. Say he just assumed his students were being disrespectful based on his own cultural background. It's easy to see how a teacher with limited cultural competence could easily write those students off as discipline problems, or worse.
3: Kids would hide milk in their pocket and, and, and their teachers would get upset because they'd forget about it, go sit down and they would open up and milk would come out.
1: That's Dr. Deborah Bergman, the chief human resources officer of the Sunnyside Unified School District. The milk story was a common thread among her first year teachers. Students would put milk in their pockets, frustrating the teachers.
3: I go, did you ask why? No. And I said, well, let's ask Why?
1: So these befuddled first year teachers would ask the students why they were putting cartons of milk in their pockets.
3: Well, um, we don't have any milk at the house and I want to have milk for my cereal tomorrow. And And my little sister doesn't come to school and I want to make sure she has the milk.
1: This is where it helps to have a teacher that comes from a similar background as the students. Some teachers might say that kid is stealing milk. Let's exactly. involve the police. <laughs> what happens then if that yes. kid's a thief? Let's yeah. involve the police. Watch, how does that how does that happen? Yeah, and,
3: and that does happen. And that did happen, you know, because the teacher didn't have this understanding of, of the community because they never made a house visit. They never, you know, went to the parents' home. They didn't talk to the parents or try to get to where it is, or just sit down with the student at lunchtime and and have a conversation uh, with them at lunchtime um, when they're eating and you're watching them. You're watching what they're pulling out of their lunch bag.
1: In one instance, the kid could be branded a thief and runs the risk of getting suspended, expelled, or even arrested. In the other instance, the one where the teacher either comes from a similar background. Or has some degree of cultural competence.
3: Okay, let's just make sure that when you're done with lunch, if there's extra milks, which there always were, that we're going to bag up those milks and you're going to take them home and then we're going to put them in the fridge so they don't go back.
1: The kid goes home with milk and comes back to school feeling slightly more nourished, ready to learn, and in a trusting relationship with their teacher. This isn't a fantastical example either. The data bears it out. According to multiple studies published in education journals, students of color who have teachers of color are significantly less likely to be sent to detention, suspended or expelled. It's pretty obvious that those all lead to bad places. Better representation among teachers improves test scores and graduation rates, too. Laura Emsley is the Human Resources Director at Sunnyside and works alongside Dr. Bergman.
0: There's tons of studies out there that show that, you know, you need to have those role models that look like you, that talk like you, that are from the same community or environments or similar, not necessarily the same, but similar to be able to identify and to have somebody to you know emulate you know, in a in a weird sort of way be able to you know think okay this person went to college this person is a teacher is successful i can be that too
1: white students benefit too Marisol Garcia, the vice president of the Arizona Education Association, remembers one distinct moment from her career where white students from an affluent district descended on her school to, quote, help out.
4: I was I was teaching a Saturday class because, you know, they paid you a little bit extra to come in on a Saturday to prep for the test. And I had about 15 kids come in and this bus rolled in from another school district of kids that didn't look like they were from our community to clean up our school because it was there. Project to go clean up a school, you know, that was needing cleaned up. And my kids said, What are they doing here? They're here to help. Up. We can't clean up our own stuff.
1: Garcia's students seemed to take offense to this.
4: And another student said, Clearly not. <laughs> their ear and look at the you know look at the look at the parking lot and look at the and I saw my kids almost fundamentally say like no 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 this is our space we need to clean it this is our responsibility we need to make ourselves stronger and better and do better.
1: The mostly white students had good intentions but if they had more exposure to diversity there was a chance they may have been taught how their good intentions might have been seen as condescending by the less privileged minority students. So how on earth can Arizona schools improve teacher diversity when they can barely hire enough full-time teachers to fill classrooms? Emsley, who focuses on recruitment, says it's challenging but doable if a district is willing to put in the effort.
0: In order to really diversify your workforce, you have to work at it. And naturally, you're going to have a large Anglo population applying for these jobs. I mean, you just are. You have to be proactive. Um, And I think that that includes, you know, thinking outside of the box, not just going to your routine job fairs and career fairs, but doing um, different things going to to places that have a historically larger uh, diverse population to try to recruit from.
1: The Sunnyside District works with the University of Arizona to train employees and local community members to become teachers for the district.
0: We partner with the University of Arizona to to work with recruiting community members or current employees from our district to participate in a bachelor's degree program in education so that they are eligible for uh, teaching with us when they receive their bachelor's degree.
1: Community members take classes and work in the classroom giving students another adult role model from a similar background.
0: They work with us in our classrooms as substitutes for another semester, paired up as like a a co-teaching model. And then they have a mentor at that site that works with them very closely. And then uh, the third semester, the last semester that they're doing the program, they split up and they have their own classroom. And so then at the very end of the program, when they have their bachelor's degree and their teaching credentials, they are then eligible for hire with us as a regular teacher.
1: After two years, the program has seen some success bringing people from the community in to teach at Sunnyside schools.
0: Uh, we've had so far, knock on wood, great success. We've been able to help sponsor employees to get their bachelor's degree in return for a fully highly qualified teacher in our classroom.
1: Here Arizona has looked at how difficult it can be for school districts to recruit and retain qualified teachers. This program helps Sunnyside with both of those problems and improves classroom diversity.
0: And with that comes the diversity that we're looking for because they are from the community, um, whether that be identifying as Hispanic or Latino or Native American, or just being from the community and having those same types of experiences.
1: In Maricopa County, the local community college district is taking the lead on helping other districts recruit more diverse and representative faculties. Julie Farron is the director of Rio Salado College's teacher education program. She says there needs to be a hyper local focus if districts want to improve teacher diversity.
5: I think it's really growing your own um, within schools is um, finding those teachers at the K-12 school that represent the community and are already on board. Instead of bringing a brand new person out of a four-year university and, you know, they're applying for jobs and we pull this application not knowing anything about the student.
1: A school district is a large community. You have teachers, administrators, psychologists, social workers, education aides, custodial staff, bus drivers. I could spend all day here on that. But other than employees, you also have students and parents and their grandparents. This group is an often untapped resource. They're even more valuable for representation because who can represent a community better than its own members?
5: When you look within your classrooms and see, you know, parents, or you know, it could be someone who's, you know, being the attendance clerk at the local elementary school and they like the school environment, why not? keep them and um, as a teacher leader and get their certification so that they can stay within their school, you know, and continue to teach and benefit. I mean, who doesn't want to see a familiar face in their fourth grade classroom or in their music classroom?
1: Farron's program at Rio Salado actively tries to reach out to these community members and get them enrolled in the school's alternative teacher certification programs.
5: Really the key is tapping into our community and seeing how we can better our community um, leaders. And it's also as a student in the classroom is seeing a teacher that um, diversity wise looks like them. I think it's stability as well. I think it's being able to provide more um, opportunities to grow those within your community and to elevate their profession.
1: As we discussed in our previous episode, the community college programs are relatively affordable. This is a benefit that Farron tries to sell to parents, school staff, and other community members in low-income areas. They can get teacher certification at a better price than they might expect.
5: It, it seems to be a barrier at times for those who want to be teachers because who, can, who has the luxury of stepping away from their paid position to now, um, you know, do their student teaching and not make any money. A lot of times these are breadwinners. These are uh, single parents that are, you know, are trying to make ends meet.
1: We've been through it. It's challenging to recruit teachers in Arizona. Organizations like Teach for America step in. They provide teachers to the districts that need them, these teachers, though, are usually not from that community, and they only stay for a few years on average.
5: Teach for America is an excellent organization, but you're right, they're bringing them in from other states. Um, oftentimes, you know, they're doing the boot camp in the summer to get their you know, teacher candidates is what I will call them um, prepared for the classroom. They teach their two years. And, and and then they're done. And oftentimes those teacher candidates want to be home. They want to be where their family is. And so, you know, it's not a surprise that we lose them
2: back to their home state.
1: Two years is not nearly enough, says the Pima County superintendent.
2: It takes you about three years just to kind of really know if you got it, just the beginning of it. I mean, the first year everyone it is hard. You, I mean, you 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 would struggle, but you would have some home runs as well. And you'd be like, okay. And after the, the end of the first year, if you're like, I want to do it again, <laughs> um, you would know. if and, and if that first year was just abysmal and hard, then you would know that that's probably not the profession for you.
1: Down in Tucson, the Sunnyside Unified School District just announced solid retention numbers. As more teachers from within the community join the district, Emsley says they expect that to improve even more.
0: This year, we've had a total of 85 teachers um, either retire, separate from the district, somehow leave the district. Last year, we had 94.
1: Community-based programs recruiting community members. The schools get qualified candidates, the students get teachers that look like them, and the new teachers get a broader web of support and stay on the job longer. In our next episode,
4: the fact that a lot of people should go back and probably look at getting their master's, which would help with their professional growth, because um, it costs so much to go to school and then now they're in debt and
3: they're not getting paid well enough. We asked, folks to go to college, get an education, get a teaching credential, and and incur a massive amounts of debt, and then we offer them a salary that doesn't allow them to repay the debt.
1: How the cost of an education in education acts as a needless barrier to entering the profession, on the next episode of The Education Cliff from here, Arizona... You just listened to an entire podcast episode on the state of education in Arizona, so obviously this issue means something to you. To learn more about the issues in Arizona's education system and the organizations we profiled, visit our website heararizona.org. That's h-e-a-r arizona.org. Tell all your friends to check us out too. They can search for Here Arizona on their favorite podcast listening app: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, NPR One, and Spotify. And since we're all about empowering our community, we want you to be part of the conversation. Follow Here Arizona on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. This podcast series is made possible by a grant from the F Squared Family Foundation and support from Intel and Rio Salado College. Here Arizona is a production of the Division of Public Service at Rio Salado College, which includes Sun Sounds, Spot 127, KBOC, and KJZZ. This episode was produced, written, directed, and hosted by me, Scott Borg. Linda Pastore is our executive producer. Thanks for listening.